Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy afternoon to you on this Thursday, Thursday, January 25th, 2024. So much to get into. Oh, boy. Truthfully, sometimes I say that and we really don't have much topics here. But we've got a hard launch from Friend Zone to In the End Zone. Susie Evans and Justin Glaze, of course, we reported that earlier uh, this on this last episode of the podcast. But I've also got a little bit more information on Nick Vial and the formula he's using to uh, sort of manufacture drama and why it is so toxic. Plus, we've got a pretty scary moment when fellow comedian uh, Mark Norman was rushed off stage at a New York comedy show. So much to get into. Why don't we start with a little dabble? We'll dabble on some content, and then we'll work our way up into the meat and potatoes of it all. How does that sound? And here's a nibble on Sydney Sweeney. Maybe that's a bad way to put it. She was trending on Twitter. Uh, I've refused to call it X. It's Twitter. Um, and she's going to be on Hot Ones. And here's the trailer of her trying what I guess is called Wings of Death. You couldn't pay me. Now, don't get me wrong. I would be on the show just for fun, just to like see. But on the sort of scale of hotness, um, I'm like a three out of 10 when it comes to hot wings. I, I don't like needing chapstick and milk. You know, they drink milk after because it gets so hot. And I'm like, I don't need... I shouldn't have to drink dairy because the wings are too hot. Just just a little bit of hot is all I need. Anyway, here's the trailer. That wasn't spicy at all. There we go. Shrugging it off. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So this week on Hot Ones is Sydney Sweeney. And she goes, that wasn't spicy at all to nearly killing herself. The marks of a good romantic comedy. Like when they work, what makes them work? I love a rom-com that you leave the theater and you have laughed. You've cried. You want to go and fall absolutely head over heels in love. Which extracurricular of your youth do you remember more fondly? Robotics team or the academic club math is cool? (laughs) I think math is cool. I fell in love with math. You know why? Because it's cool. Exactly. (laughs) Wow. I know. Is your tongue numb? My throat is, uh, I can't even feel it. That's number what? (laughs) So there she is. And again, I'm not here to sexualize eating hot wings. But clearly, there is a connection between why this show is successful and having beautiful women on here uh, and unable to eat a hot wing. The, 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 whatever it is in our brain that makes us, like the reaction we have to hot wings is the same sound we make when we're grunting at the gym, and it's the same sex sound. Have a listen. There we go. Shrugging it off. <laughs> oh, my God. So there, I mean, what do you want to do about it? That's what it is. Uh, so if there's anyone looking into content creating out there, I got to tell you, uh, we've got uh, uh, Hot Wings, of course, Hot Ones, excuse me. If you aren't familiar with the show, you should be. But it's literally like a famous show where celebrities eat hot wings and do an interview. And the thing that makes the show so interesting is that the interviewer, Sean, is actually really good at his job. He asks great questions, whereas the hook that gets you 
win is that they're eating wings. But obviously, the conversations they have are so much more important. All right, I have Clayton Eckert updates, and then we'll we'll do this, and then we'll get into some other crazy Bachelor stories. But the first update is that there looks to be some sort of dismissal by the judge. It's hard to know what this means, but it's written in the minutes, which means we don't have the actual filing yet. There's an order of dismissal that was filed today. Grant motion to extend dismissal deadline. So people said, oh, I don't know what this means. Here's a paralegal explaining it. It appears the judge has denied Jane Doe's motion to dismiss and will be setting an evidentiary hearing so that parties can present their case regarding attorney's fees sanctions. And then I guess what we're still wondering is, does that mean the judge is denying, is this an evidentiary hearing just to see who's going to foot the bill? Or is it a hearing that's going to um, include more of the information about finding out um, the actual paternity aspects of the case? I don't have that answer, but we'll be around for it. Now, on today's YouTube channel, we had a very good video where we discussed Jane Doe kind of perjuring herself um, she's shared so many iterations of her story that it's easy to poke holes in it. And here in her response to uh, respondent's motion, Clayton, uh, it says petitioner and respondent engaged in sexual intercourse on May 20th, 2023. Thereafter, petitioner became pregnant. So just to summarize, we essentially have a he said, she said, what does sexual intercourse even mean? As we know, President Bill Clinton uh, said he did not have sexual intercourse in reference to a blowjob he received in the Oval Office. Oh, the 90s. Remember those? Uh, <laughs> times were so simple. Blue dress. And now, and by the way, of course, that, that whole story was absolutely insane looking back on it. Uh, but now we've got Jane Doe um, possibly claiming sexual intercourse when it comes down to they just had oral sex. She has yet to say there was penetr- penet- penetrative did I say that right? Penis and vagina, which it's like you have to be specific in these instances, which is partially why Clayton's lawyers want to depose her. And of course, we know in the crazy and guys, I should say, like, just be careful if you have children around because it is a little spicy here. Talk about hot ones. I mean, she literally said um, in these emails that were in the exhibit that she hadn't had sex. She said, it occurred to me that you might believe me more about paternity if you were inside of me and felt how tight I would be after not having sex in more than a year. Maybe then you'd believe that I hadn't been sleeping around. And again, you wouldn't be doing me any big favor. Having sex with me is a privilege and not something I've done for a long time. By the way, we should make some merch search that say having sex with me is a privilege. <laughs> Shouldn't we? Wouldn't that be fun? Either way, point being is on one end, she says, I haven't had sex. I'm tight. And on the other end, she says, we had sexual intercourse. Well, which one is it? I think it's important for the court to know. All right. Speaking of that, oh my gosh. And I tell you what, the the reason that Clayton got into this whole mess, you know it, it's because he invited Jane Doe over after eating an edible. Maybe he had too much of an edible. He could have used microdose gummies. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Let me tell you something. It's not so much THC that you want to regret doing something afterwards, like inviting over one of your real estate clients. No, just the right amount that helps you feel relaxed. You guys might not know this, but I woke up this morning, took a nice hot shower, and guess what? Pulled a back muscle. Well, what's the first thing I'm going to do after complaining about it is I'm going to microdose. I'm going to just let it... I work from home. If you work from home, microdose is a friend of yours. I'm not saying go microdose before going into surgery, but hey, you got to jump on a few Zoom calls, microdose gummies. Get 30% off your first order plus 
plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code rush hour, and it's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code rush hour for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, guess what? Promo code, say it with me, 321 rush hour. Okay, so let's move it on. You know who needs to microdose is Nick Vial. He's got a chip on his shoulder for one Gary Turner. It's absolutely wild. I made a full video on it. I'm just going to play the spark notes. Here it is. Know if you had any, I, feel like I made some news with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> he says, I feel like I made some news with you guys. <laughs> and he's talking to page6.com in reference to how he said this on his podcast, which did make news because it's horrible to say and should not be rewarded. Have a listen. And in reality, we've come to find out that, like, you know, the body was barely cold. It is full. So he says the body was barely cold to describe Gary Turner's late wife having passed away. And then he decides to go on some dates a month afterwards. It's absolutely atrocious. He would talk like this. But at the same time, what we've learned is this is his business model. Here's what he said to Jason Tartik. Listen, you just have to figure out how to bring drama to your show. I think it's fucking disgusting what he's doing. Okay. And I know some people agree, some people don't agree. He knows what he's doing, and it's one thing to discuss Scandaval. It's another to discuss possible, uh, you know, infidelities. It's but to talk about somebody's late wife and use that to weaponize your point. I'm sorry, that's pond scum. Now, when someone has died, there is a term called, oh, that body's not even cold yet. And I discussed this in the YouTube video, uh, the etymology of it all. It's inappropriate to do so, so close to his death. That being, it's inappropriate to talk ill of somebody when they have just died. So he's not even using the phrase right. He's actually using it in a literal way, talking about Gary's uh, deceased wife who died unexpectedly um, after several weeks of a bacterial infection. So it's like, if you're going to go ahead and talk about Gary's late wife, at least have the information about what you're talking about and don't use it to further your point. The Latin epigram was this, Demortius nil nisi bonum, which means about the dead, nothing if not good. Don't say ill about the dead, especially in the stance he's saying it, which isn't just some, you know, crazy public figure they're talking about. We're not talking about, you know, what you think of Princess Di passing away. A fig- you know, we're talking about Gary, the lead of The Bachelor's late wife. I'm sorry, guys. Gary's got a family. He's got adult kids and grandkids. They don't need to be reading about this. And what makes this even more sickening to me is that the reason he was even discussing this is because he's on page six to promote his Mucinex deal. Are you freaking kidding me? Takes a snot to know a snot. I don't even know what else to say there. All right, I tell you what, we're a little late for our first ad break. I do have a positive Gary Turner story. I have Bachelor in Paradise Canada to get into and so much more. We'll be back right after this. Not expecting a response from Gary Turner, although I'm sure that's what Nick wants as his deal is is to just generate drama no matter the consequences. But Golden Bachelor Gary Turner gets wardrobe makeover from wife, Ter- wife Teresa. And it says, see their dressing room snaps. Now, I know you can't see what I'm referencing, but if you join our Patreon, you'll be able to take part in the recording of this episode, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. But she's got him in some like 
I don't know, like Eastern European DJ look. Like, I don't know. Gary looks like my Uber driver. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's got latches, uh, the like buckle snaps on the shoulders, but he looks good. I mean, he's in fantastic shape. Gary is, is goals for me. Um, but either way, they share off some of these photos in the dressing room. How adorable to see them in the dressing room. Just being, I mean, if I ever, I'd never, you know, I never got proper grandparents. I never got, you know, I've got a drunk grandfather who barely knows who I am. And my grandmother died when I was um, uh, uh, a, t- uh, a toddler. Uh, so I never got to see this. But I tell you what, in another life, if I got to see Gary Turner and Teresa as my grandparents and they're snapping photos on their Instagram in the changing room, I'm all for it. Sorry, I am pro Gary Turner and I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm also pro... Um, uh, former bachelors sticking up for their wives or fiancés, I should say. Reality Steve enlightened me to this story. He said, what a disturbing story to read about former bachelor contestant Tessa Tooks. Her fiancé is right. Figure it out. I'm going to share this story with you right now. A bride was told her dress would cost more because she's black. Her fiancé won't stand for it. And if you want to hear the full breakdown of this, again, I talked about it on my Patreon where I have my wife who you know works in the world of fashion and design talk about the fact that these the um, a boutique employee grabbed two brown-colored breast cups and said, you're going to basically, we're going to have to put these in the dress because the dress comes with nude, which is free. So if you want this to match your skin color, it's going to cost an extra $200, which again, I don't believe based on this information that the boutique wedding dress person was operating in bad faith. I believe it was very naive of this person to not understand how rude that was to tell someone on a very happy day where they're already spending a lot of money. Oh, we're going to have to upcharge you because the default color here of nude is for white people. Either way, here's Joey, who's got a TikTok called Joey and Tessa, which again, I'm going to follow that right now. Joey is from Bachelor in Paradise Canada season one and season two. Now, with 9,000 comments on their Instagram, we are here to hear from Joey sticking up for his lady. In a time where there's too many Nicks out there, my advice, be a Joey. Have a listen. Wedding dress designers of TikTok? We've got a problem. I need to address something with you here. My beautiful, gorgeous, strong, confident future bride, Desa, went to buy a wedding gown, dress, whatever you want to call it. Here's a problem, okay? She went to the store, which is supposed to be one of the most magical days of her life, next to getting married to me, of course, and she went to purchase this beautiful wedding dress. The lady says to her, she says, glad you found your dress. The undergarment choices come in two options. The standardized choice is nude, which is free. But if you like the undergarment to match your skin tone, there's an upcharge. Excuse my French, but are you fist fucking me? Whoa. So you're telling me that it's free to be white, but if my bride has a different skin tone than white, she has to pay extra money? And of course, we've seen this with skin tone call. And it's about diversity of choice for people that have different skin tones that might need makeup that is a different contour level and it shouldn't cost more money because it's more of a niche. uh, You know what I mean? It's like uh, work the price out, put it into the base price. uh, Any altercations due to skin color should come, uh, you know, again, 
even if it does cost a little extra to switch the breast cups uh, colors around, build it into the price. Hello, what world do you live in? Just build it into the price. The undergarment to match her skin tone? First of all, why is the standard white? How fucked is that that in 2024, the standard, which is free, is a nude skin tone? Nude could be a lot of different colors, but they decided to make white nude the standard? This is absolutely fucking ridiculous. So now she's standing there awkward with the people who are selling her the dress. They're not the designers, but they're like, yeah, there's an upcharge if you want the undergarment to match your skin tone. What? So now she gets to awkwardly beat around the bush and be like, well, I want the other one, but she's not paying for it. So now she's ordering this wedding dress. She's going to dye the undergarment herself to match her skin tone. Wedding dress designers, take goddamn note. This is bullshit and you should be called out. Figure it out. Now, I should be playing the Canadian national anthem, but I don't have it on my soundboard. But yeah, there it is. Figure it out. And this is it. This is it. This is the response needed. This is Joey not canceling the dress designer, not blasting them by name. This is him saying, figure it out. You know what I mean? Someone even commented saying Simone Biles even had porcelain cups. It's just not right. The industry needs to change. I'm a plus size wedding dress designer. Other brands always upcharge for larger sizes. Every size I offer is the same price. Yeah, I mean, I say, look, if you if you if you have a um, I'll say this if you have a a company that sells a hundred products and sixty of them are white and forty are black and you're charging more for the black. No, no, no have the white price go up the percentage point needed to cover the change. You know what I mean? Like I, anyway, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make this, I'm trying to set an example here. That's way more basic, but just like build it in the cost. Don't make it an all a cart upgrade. Boom. Problem solved. And, I, and I'm telling you right now, I'm sure after that TikTok, that problem will be. So I'm sure of it. Um, all right. Well, here's a, here's a sad story. Uh, we've got, Vince McMahon being sued. I mean, this guy, trouble follows him. You know what I mean? Ex-WWE employee claims he sex trafficked her. A former WWE employee is suing Vince, claiming he repeatedly sexually assaulted her, sex trafficked, and then paid her off to stay quiet about it all. The disturbing allegations were made by Janelle Grant in a lawsuit filed on Thursday in federal court in Connecticut. In the suit, Grant says she met McMahon back in 2019 at a time when she was at rock bottom, and she says her parents had just passed away. She was struggling to find work. She says after being introduced to McMahon through a mutual friend, he promised to get her a gig in the WWE. So again, when you hear these claims, you think, well, this must have happened in the 90s. This happened several years ago. Absolutely wild, wild stuff. Grant says just after she was told she had a legal administrator coordinator job with a salary of 75K inside of McMahon's wrestling organization, he trapped her in, a, in an impossible situation. She alleges she feared averse career and personal consequences and legal retaliation if she declined his advances and began to engage in what she called non-consensual sexual activity with him. Again, we'll have to hear what his side of this whole story is. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty wild. She says in May of 2020, McMahon organized a threesome with her and her physical therapist, telling her he would lose a friendship if she did not go through with it. She claims in the suit that during the encounter, he oh my gosh, this is wild. Okay, I'm not going to read some of this stuff, which is absolutely insane. But either way, this is a man who, you know, is still exists out there 
in the WWE world as kind of like the head honcho main guy. And again, you know, there, there'll always be sort of lawsuits when you're, when you're kind of the top dog dealing with employees and contractual situations. This ain't it. This seems way more serious, but as always, he'll have his day in court and um, we'll report the updates as they come in. All right. Well, I've got a few more stories to get to before we wrap things up. Uh, Be right back. All right. Uh, How bizarre of a story we have here. This is the, uh, comedian Mark Norman being rushed off stage at a New York City comedy club, audience evacuated. I'm going to play this clip for you and try to talk our way through it. Here it is. Buddy. Okay. All right. Oh. Oh, jeez. Hey, how are? What do we got? A mic? So now we've got a guy on stage. Oh, jeez. Everything all right? So two guys are on stage looking at. I mean, to be quite honest, they look as scared as like they look like almost undercover police or something. And then the bouncers pull them off stage. What's going on? Uh oh. Oh boy. And the show must always go on. So Mark Norman's trying to talk his way out of it, and you know, but yeah, no, this happens. I I performed at the same comedy club last time I was I was in New York. It's a small room. This type of stuff happens. Someone gets too drunk. But now you've got people on stage running off stage. Hey, anything can happen at a comedy show. That was some kind of weird. Everyone's like filming. Sex party thing. Oh god, somebody got tased. Oh boy. Well, so they they clap and now you actually see the the managers of the comedy club pulling Mark off stage. Now he's a famous comedian, so like he would have been fine to end on a high note, get a laugh, and get off stage. But he just walks up. He doesn't know what to do. Well, uh, I really froze there. I went Mitch McConnell. All right. Uh, oh. Uh, 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 all right. Okay. And then they run him off. And then they run him off stage. And no one knows what's going on. Everyone's filming it. And then. And then, a, and then a, an employee comes on stage. No one knows what to do. It's New York City. People start to leave. And, and someone goes, nobody panic. Everyone stay calm. Let me tell you something. If someone ever says, nobody panic, everybody stay calm, you better run. Momentary interruption. Um, uh, just stay, get up, get out the... He says, everyone get out nice and slow. Everything's fine. Mark's not coming back. I mean, folks don't know. I know he had an update, but then the update went away. Um, I, there might have been a bomb threat. Who knows? Scary stuff, of course. You know, they always say this: the best place for a stand-up show is the worst place you want to be in a fire. And what that mean? And that's why it was so tough during COVID for comedians because you want you want to be in tight spaces for the best laughs and feeling like you're in a dark environment where something crazy can happen. But when something does happen, there's only one way out of this place. You got about 120 people in this room with one way out. Now they will be able to get out, but you know, just scary. I don't know what the update is, but we'll have it for you when it comes. You know, there's actually more content I wasn't able to get to. So I'm going to have to save it for tomorrow morning's episode. We're going to take off tomorrow morning, starting with this convo. When biology 
technology takes over. TV formats like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette confirm evolutionary theories of partner selection. So there's actually a study that's been done that's showing, uh, based on just the ages of contestants um, using The Bachelor and Bachelorette uh, you know, samples to show who the leads pick. Very interesting stuff. We'll have that conversation for you guys first thing in the morning, as always. Um, in the meantime, if there's any breaking news, you know where to get it. I'll be out here slinging these stories. I appreciate all the support, all the new Patreon members. There's a lot going on in our world, and I appreciate having you guys here with me. As always, we'll be back first thing in the morning with another episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.